This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Hello, everyone, and welcome along. It's Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. It's the off season, and we're looking back on the 2023 tennis campaign of our senior ATP Tour handicapper, Sean Calvert. Good afternoon to you, Sean. Good afternoon, mate. How's it going? Not bad, mate. Not bad. It wasn't a bad year last year. I mean, I know by your high standards, you probably look at it and think, mm, could have done a little bit better. Uh, what we're going to do on this podcast, we're going to go through our best 10 picks. But uh, when we started this, not last season in 2023, in 2022, we went 80 to 1, 66 to 1 winner back to back. We didn't have those winners, but we still showed a huge 40 unit profit for 2023. When you look back on the season, how do you feel as a handicapper it went? I think it went pretty well. It was almost exactly the same profit as the season before, actually. Um, just didn't have the really? same. Really, I was surprised. But I thought we, I thought we would have made a little bit more. Similar. It's pretty similar. Well, I think the difference is we didn't keep a, a running score, did we, last no. year? And for example, I was talking about my own personal profit there, really, because you weighed in with things like Massetti that was eighty to one. That wasn't on the thing, was it? Because we weren't, we weren't counting it. So, pretty similar profit. Um, it's a bit, a bit unlucky with some, some. Um, players, a bit of luck in other times. It's a normal season, is it? Some things you think, you know, the luck's never going to go our way. And then you, you get things that it just it's just flowing. And it's the ups and down of a normal tennis season, isn't it? We not Perhaps not as many eye-catching winners as the season before. But as I say, ultimately, it was, it was roughly the same profit uh, from my personal point of view. Well, from this show, we made 40 units, which was a 14% ROI. I remember having a conversation with you. Well, that's pretty good, isn't it? I remember having a conversation with you back in uh, the end of the last season, not last season, the season before, using the dates now, in, in Paris. And you said that you'd be very disappointed if you made didn't make 10% return of your investment. 14% we made on this show, 40 uh, units of profit. Um, when you look at it in terms of your handicapping over the years, is it a normal season or would you say it was a decent season and, you know, compared to your best or your, your worst season over the many years you've been betting on tennis? I'd say the last two years have been, have been pretty good. Some of the best, to be honest. Um, I've got such a long sort of history in the game. I can't really remember most of the seasons. I can remember some great ones. I remember a couple of bad ones, but I think I've mentioned in the past, there were occasions when I was, um, asked to do certain types of bets, which I wouldn't normally do. Um, so that that sort of skewed the figures a little bit on some of those years, many years ago. But um, I think last two seasons, I think they've been pretty good. I mean, I don't recall saying about 10%, but if I did, I, think, I, I think did. We, I think we spoke, in, we, we spoke in Paris and it was when I sort of, sort of mentioned this project and said, listen, next year there may be another opportunity to do other things as well. And I asked mm. you, like, you know, what you would make. And I think you said you'd make about, you, you predicted around about 10%. You'd done better than that, 14%. So it was, so you weren't far off. It was, it was a compliment. It was a good thing. I think, I think 14% by anybody's standards is is really good, isn't it? Um, you, know, you, you you work in other fields as well, the, the soccer and all the rest of it. And, you know, I'm not sure about the margins there, but it, it feels pretty good. It's very good. I think if anybody makes 5% on a sport, I think they're doing very, very well. 14% is a is a very, very good return of your money. Um, we are 
of the subject we, we put our picks up live on this show and we always uh put comments on and we obviously get criticism as well as positive stuff as well we have a lot of supporters who back us through thick and thin and we have a lot of people who, have, who give us criticism uh rightly so i mean i'm not you know it's up to you um but if you bail out of the bad times and there was a few bad times in the season wasn't it? we sort of had a good start sort of a the middle section around Wimbledon, the French Open, things weren't well, and we come really good at the end. And what what advice would you say to those people who are new to this channel, uh, who have gone through some sort of rocky waters? You've got to stick with it, haven't you? You do. It's a long term thing. If you take any, if you take any short term snapshot of anything, it can it can be great, it can be terrible. You know, anything. Even if you invest in you know on the stock market or whatever, um, you know, you could have a great week, you could have a terrible week. You you do have to look at it long term. It's up to you how long term you want to do it, but. I wouldn't advise coming in, watching this show, we get a couple of winners and then expecting that to be the same week in, week out. You know, you, you're going to get some great points. You're going to get some bad points. In, in a in a way, I can almost not predict, but I, I can sort of sense when some of the bad points are going to be. Generally speaking, like a second week in a slam, for example, you're not going to get much value there. Um, February for me is always an extremely difficult month. I think we had quite a poor February this year. Pretty sure the last two Februarys have been not great to be honest um there are generally high points um which some of which can be foreseen um others can't it's it's it is it's a long-term project and if you're going into something you know you can't like anything you can't expect to just go straight through with with winners and winners and winners and everything's great and you know everyone's happy you're going to be ups and downs in as as in any walk of life 100 percent. you've got to stick with it it's a process it's not going to win money every single week you're going to stick with it and the returns will be there for you obviously People are entitled to, and don't think the staking plan is the key. Stick to your right staking plan. Stick to the staking plan that you can afford. Affordability is a huge word now in gambling. Make sure you can afford to lose your losses, and obviously, you know your winners. Manage your manage your bank, and you'll be okay. Uh, just before we go into what we're going to do here, we're going to give you the top ten bets of uh, our biggest picks on twenty twenty three on the ATP Tour season. But before we go into that, some people might have watched this uh, and then they've never seen a podcast before. The twenty twenty four ATP Tour season is a few weeks away now. What would they expect uh, from your handicapping? What's your style of handicapping, Sean? If you're looking for angles, you know, I mean, I know it, but uh, someone who hasn't hasn't seen you before, where 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 do you look for value, and where do you highlight where you think that's you know? So if you were going to sum up your handicapping skills and where your sort of price market you'd be looking for, what what are we looking for? Yeah, if you've you've got to look for the value. That's that's the bottom line. There's no point in having a bet, even if you're pretty convinced about it. If you're betting at the wrong price, ultimately you're not going to get very far in this game or any any betting game. Um, there are opportunities. There are opportunities in certain tournaments, certain conditions. Generally speaking, the bookmakers might not have as much of a handle on as, as perhaps I have on certain and certain tournaments, certain occasions. Um, but ultimately, you've got you've got to if you think the price is wrong or slightly wrong, then you, you've got to attack that price. If you if you're seeing a day where you you generally agree with all the prices, then that's that's a no bet day. I'm not my style of, of betting. Some people agree with it. You know, some people don't. Um, if you see a value bet, have it. If you don't see any value, don't have a bet that day. Yeah, you you tend to be looking for a little more on the outside, a sort of a price around about plus 110 to around about plus 115. You'll see a lot of common. Generally plus money, yeah. Yeah, those kind of prices. Me personally, when I was betting a lot heavier than what I was and I followed the market a lot more, I would look for something around about minus 125. Value's uh, value, isn't it? Yeah, if, and if, which if I thought should have five. been minus. I thought should have been about minus two dollars. So that was my kind of approach. Yeah. I, I, I sort of played it out that way. But uh, Sean you can is get very value much... at odds on. Yeah, sorry, mate. You, you can get value at odds on, can't you? Yep. Sean you is know. very much a plus money better. So you are going to go through 
highs and lows if you're betting plus money. But ultimately, in the yeah. 14% return, 40 units. And uh, we sit here at the end of the year thinking, hmm, probably could have done a little bit better. But anyway, always think, a, you always think you could have done better, don't you, at anything at any point? You know, particularly if you had a great winner, you always think, oh, why didn't I have more on that? You know, well, we're going to take you back to those big winners. We're going to take okay. you back and we're going to ask you whether you should have more on it and whether you should have. The answer is yes, it. in all 10 occasions. Yes. These are the top 10 <laughs> bets that you had and the top 10 prices in 2023. And we're going to start off in joint number nine. So there's two, two, it was, it was a plus two unit 80 return. So we picked someone up a plus 280. And it was Omni Kumba to win his first set against Botic van der Sandship. Now, anybody who's watching, I had to ask you who Omni Kumba was. I didn't have a clue who he was. Uh, and if you told me who he was, he was going to win the first set against Botic van der Sandship. That was way back in August, uh, towards the end of the season in Winston-Salem. And he actually won the match. He didn't actually win the He won the first set 6-3, so we cashed at plus 280. But he actually went on to win the match 7-5 in the second set. Should we have bet him to win the match, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should have done <laughs> I mean, in hindsight, of course, but I mean, the amount of times I have these bets, and I, you just look at it and you think, he's got a chance here, but you don't know how to bet it. Do you just go all out and bet him to win and hope he doesn't lose something like 7-5 in the third? Or do you just think, you know, he's, he's going to get off to a good start or maybe just to win a set? But with this one, Botic came in here in absolutely dreadful form, didn't he? He had a, he had a, a horrible sort of three or four months after he, he choked away the Munich final and he was in... He was in no sort of form. It's the week before a Grand Slam. A lot of players, and he always strikes me as one. Um, you wouldn't have thought that he'd be going too much all out the week before a Grand Slam. And on the other side of the coin, you got Omni Kumar, who's got in as a lucky loser. If I remember rightly, Dominic Team had to withdraw with, with illness. He got back in as a lucky loser. Beat Rindakanesh, I think it was, in the first round, which is a great win. Rindakanesh's struggles against left-handers continue. Um, and, and everything he said after the game, Kumar, it was all... Oh, I love this state. I love I love these courts. It, it was all new and 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 fascinating and and great for him. And that the the adrenaline was there. And Botic, you know, <laughs> he doesn't look, he doesn't look the most inspiring yeah. of characters the best of times, does he? So, and, and plus he's he, he would never have, I would have thought he would never have seen Kumar play before, like like you hadn't, like a lot of people no. hadn't. I've, I've I hadn't seen that much of him to be honest. Um, but a lefty kind of an awkward style makes a lot of balls got to play well to beat him and um yeah how on this occasion i was fortunate that, that he did win the opening set because I've, I've had occasions when they've dropped the opening set and gone on to win the match and then you, you feel doubly worse but you know that one that one worked out that one worked out that's a plus 280 return plus 280 the price omni kuma was the only time he featured on game bet match in 2023 do you reckon he'll feature again in 2024 Possibly. Um, <laughs> Omni Kumar mentions in 2024 game match. I'll make you two. He might get a wild card at Winston Salem after that next year. So we probably will get a mention at some point. So Omni Kumar, was the first time he was there. Uh, and he cashed for us plus 180. It was the only time we picked him and he won for us at plus 280. Another person who won for us at plus 280 is one of Sean's favorite tennis players, a man who he loves to follow. He actually tried to watch him in Italy, but the crowds were all there. I thought the crowds were there for you, Sean, not Fabio Fognini. Fabio Fognini. It's unlikely, is, isn't it, in Rome? Fabio, yeah, Fabio Fognini is the player for one of us. You said you had a poor February. But he won for us in February in Rio on clay against Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, we bet him to win the first set. Uh, plus 280, very similar to what your Omni Kumna was. But it was just Kedge, win we, a we set, read it. wasn't it? Was it win uh, a set? Oh, to win, win a set, yes, to win a set. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And he did win the first set, 7-6. He went on to lose the match 6-2, 6-4 in the next two sets. But Fabio Fagnini, at the old ripe old age, 
getting the job to us done for the final times we'll probably be meeting him to get the job done for us in is his last is he retired officially retired no, he's just, he just won the Valencia Challenger about a few days ago a week oh, or so I, ago I thought he would I thought it'd be that's it that'd be it for him but anyway yeah, he's still plugging on well will we bet him again next season I mean he must be in the, the senior stage surely he's old certainly but I think with Fabio it's just it's generally about two things is he fit which he isn't often these days um and is he motivated? Obviously, that's that's been the question throughout his career. But playing Carlos Alcaraz in Rio, he's going to be up for that. No, hundred percent, isn't he? I'd be, you just wouldn't see Fognini tanking a match like that. Yeah, he might have a bad day, not play particularly well, and lose. But there's no way he's not going to be going absolutely hundred percent to beat someone who who's like the up and coming kid on the block, so to speak. You know, that he always used to enjoy playing Nadal, didn't he, Fognini? He always used to raise his game playing rapper. He might not have won, but he, he won sets um, numerous times. He beat him a few times. Um, I just thought he'd be up for it. This is just this is just a bit of intuition. I just assumed that Fa- Fabio would be up for this, and he was. Couldn't quite see it out physically because he never really knew how he is. But, yeah, he was always going to be up for it for me. And he got the job done. He won the set, first set, 6-7. Lycrow's come back and won the match 6-2, 6-4. But Fabio Fognini... Uh, getting the last winner, I think probably one of the last big winners for us in his career. I mean, he might be in challenger events. I can't see him doing much in the ATP tour. But if he gets drawn against a big player, you never know. And he's fit. And he's fit. And he's got to be on clay, I presume as well. So you say that. I mean, he played. He played. Where was it? He played quite recently. Beats Lorenzo Sonego, didn't he? Indoors, was it Mets? He absolutely hammered him, thrashed him um, in Mets a few weeks ago indoors. You, You never know with Fabio, do you? If he's feeling it. You know, watch out. Yeah. So Fognini got the job done for us back in February in Rio. His name was Fognini and he was dancing in the sand in Rio. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz against Alcaraz and he won at plus 280. Number eight on the list. Felix Auger Aliasim didn't have a very good season in 2023. So ended 2022 in brilliant form, but didn't really replicate that in 2023 dropped down the rankings. An interesting player to, for 2024. I'm interested in your thoughts on him. But he got the job for us done. He won three sets to one against Pops, Pospisil in the Australian Open back in January. He lost the first set, 6-1. He won 7-6, 7-6, to cash at plus 320, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, plus 300-ish, was it? Just 300. That's what I've got written down here, but yeah, it could be. Um yeah, what what the three one bet is is one I often go for in in majors. It's it's one whereby you think the, you're pretty sure that the the favorite is going to win or the player generally is the favorite is going to win, but not necessarily easily. A lot of the times when you've got you got like a, a big big play, that you, you can tell what they're going to win three 0 Alcaraz against you know the world number four hundred and seventy six. Generally speaking, three 0 or whatever. But if you think it's going to be reasonably close, Pospisil obviously has got you know he's getting to the veteran stage of his career now, but he's still got decent weapons. Felix is always a, a, a pretty much always a, a terrible starter, a really slow starter in majors, particularly in the early rounds. He's got an awful record in, in opening sets. In hindsight, I should have gone for Pospisil to win the first set, but um, this felt like Pospisil would have enough to win a set. I would have assumed it would have perhaps been on a tie break. As it happened, it was much easier. Um, but Felix to, to come through in the end. And as, as far as next season's concerned, I'm not sure about Felix because he, he looked back to 12 months ago. He was flying, wasn't he? He ended quite uh, well, though, didn't he? You did end twenty twenty three a lot better. He improved, improved a little bit, a bit. But if if you're looking at that season for him, it was it was really poor compared to the previous season. Um, be interesting. So it could have been just injury related. I know we had a few injuries 
um, particularly early on in the year. He may be just, that was just sort of lingering for the rest of the year. I don't know. Maybe we'll see him come out fresh and revitalise. But yeah, it, was a, it wasn't a great season for Felix. He'd have to do a, an awful lot better to, to figure in the top 10 next year. But he did well for us way back in January. Seems a long, long time ago, almost a year ago. But Felix already had his scene. One for us, three sets to one against Possible Silk and the Australian Open. That is number eight in our uh, top 10 tennis bets for the Bet Rivers on the ATP Tour in 2023. Uh, the next match, uh, got to take you back in January again, a long time ago. Adelaide, Kokonakis to win the first set, 7 6 against Maxime Cressy in the final of Adelaide. He won the first set 7-6. He won the second set 7-6 and won the title. Uh, both of these players' forms dropped immensely since then, but that was plus $4. Um, that was it's our... Great price, that, isn't it? That was our best return on any match bet or a prop-related match bet on 2023. Kokonakis winning the first set 7-6 against Maxine Cressy. That was an unbelievable price. Yeah, you look back at it now and you think, well... Should have had the whole bank on there or something. But two reasons for this. Obviously, the conditions were quick in Adelaide. Cressy, very, very much served-dominated. Kokonakis uh, also quite served-dominated in his statistics. Doesn't return particularly well. Cressy returns horribly. Um, in fast conditions, a tie-break was always likely. I went for the extra bit of juice on this one because Cressy's record in tie-breaks was, and probably still is, pretty poor considering it the weapons that he has because he he just tends to go for too much he'll either double fault under pressure or he'll go for a, a huge second serve for no apparent reason double fault um Kokonakis had a much much better record in tie break so the obvious play for me was Kokonakis to win the first set seven six um it doesn't always work out that way does it there's many many times when I've had similar kind of workings out and it's it's gone maybe seven five or you know something like that but um yeah this one worked out well it was, and it was our biggest winner, I say, on a match betting a match bet related market on 2023. Now, the next six places are all taken up from some outright picks and tournaments outright. So each week, Sean gives a tournament outright pick, um, a couple of picks sometimes, and you know, the lean maybe now and again. But these were official picks, and these were the ones that reached the final. Uh, we had so many missed the semi-finals and quarterfinals that didn't go our way, but these are ones that re- at least reached the final. We obviously would bet Rivers if they reached the final, and we bet them each way we're collecting. And the next one was an each way pick. Yoshita Nishioka in uh, Zhuhai. He um, he got to the final back in September at twenty to one. Uh, he was our pick. He made us four point five units of profit. It was a half point each way pick, and he got into the final against Karin Kachanov and Kachanov. Showed the business seven six six one, but Nishiokai the draw. He beat some big players to get there, and he got to the final, which we cashed. And that's the beauty of the each way betting that Bet Rivers offers, isn't it? It is. I mean, with, with Nishioka, that he's he's almost my go to guy for for the Asian swing. Certainly, the first couple of weeks of it, he doesn't tend to do so well in in his home uh, tournament of Tokyo. But he's normally exhausted by then. We had him the year before as well, didn't we, to win Seoul. Um, in a, a very similar week. Again, quick conditions. Uh, he ended up winning that tournament. This one was a runner-up, unfortunately, but still cashed on the each way. Yeah, Nishioka, just far more motivated than than most at this time of the year, being obviously from Asia. Um, always enjoys the quick conditions. If it's quick and bouncy, that, that's perfect for Nishioka. We had to guess a little bit on this because we because uh, Zhuhai hadn't been played had it on the tour for about three or four years because of the COVID and stuff. 
and the the one year that it was played, it was really slow. So I, I did initially wonder why he'd chosen Zhuhai, but I, I assumed there must have been a reason. Um, and it turned out to be very, very quick, didn't it? Or certainly a hell of a lot quicker than it was back in 2019. So perfect conditions for Nishioka, a guy that's hadn't had a great season, but this was an opportunity for him on on his home soil, so to speak, to put it right. And and he did. And a lot of other guys, first week of the Asian swing, they're, they're not up for it, are they? Nope, he was. He didn't get all the... We didn't get all the money, but with that each way protection, you can get through to the, the final. And you're cashing at half the odds one, two. So it was a half point each way. We made 4.5 units of profit on Nishiokai in uh, Zhuhai. And that was in September. And now we're going to take you back to April. Stateside, Houston is the venue. Thomas Martin Echeverry, another pick of ours at 20 to one. Gets to the final, faces Francis TFO. Francis TFO beats him 7-6-7-6, but Echeverry had chances in that match. Uh, another runner-up, and we think, where's, where are we, we going to get a winner? He was plus 450 units, and that was tied fifth, Echeverry. Um, seen Echeverry since then. Um, haven't been really impressive him, but he was looking good around April, looking good around May, uh, and the French Open in May. Um, but he landed some each-way money for us again in Houston. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even before that, we were unlucky. We backed him, I think he was in Cordoba, actually, before that in February. And he was playing really well. He, he tends to play pretty well at altitude on the clay. Um, lost a, a really bad one. I think he was one to thirty-three in play. Lost to Zhao Sosa in the, in Cordoba. Should should have gone on to to make the final in that tournament. Didn't. But I sort of stuck with him because Houston. It's it's not your usual clay event. It's it tends to be a bit quicker because it's it's American clay on top of a, a sort of hard surface. Um, I just figured that he would appreciate the conditions there being a little bit quicker. And it was, if you remember the tournament, it was almost a washout, wasn't it? They had about two or three days where they couldn't, they couldn't play at all because of the, because of the rain, but he stuck it out, um, got to the final, a little bit unlucky, as you say, but to, to bump into a TFO who was, as it turned out, he was hugely motivated. He had loads of family and friends there, didn't he? And he was, mm. he was really up for it. He ended up nicking the final in, in a couple of tie breaks, but, um, you know, I think that was a good bet. I think the quarter of a bet we had with him was good as well. And I think it, he proved it. He proved my point by going on to make the you know the quarterfinals of the, of the French Open. So he was a player that we got at a good price at the right time. You wouldn't get him now 20, 20 25 to one, would you, to win a, a two fifty on clay? No, no, favorite, probably no. And he yeah, he rewarded us with the each way again with Bet Rivers. Another player rewarded us with each way was our fourth on our list. It's Benjamin Bonzi in the tournament that you were at in Marseille uh, back mm. in February. Didn't you didn't really the Marseille tournament didn't really rank highly on your list of tournaments last year, but we, we got a, a finalist and we made 5.75 units by taking Bonzi each way at 25 to one. And the person who beat him in the final was Herbert Herkash, who beat him quite fairly easily, 6-3, But a good run for the final for the Frenchman in one of his uh, home tournaments. And uh, we cashed again, plus 5.75, again with the, the, the each way. A lot of sports books across America do not offer the each way, so we've got to play win only. So we've got three players there, uh, Bonzi, Etcheverry, Nishioka, who we've cashed by making the final, which is a little bit of value as well. Yeah, this was about motivation as well. I think he's a Marseille fan, Bonzi. I think he's got Mars a lot of Marseille connections. Um, so I assumed he was going to be up for it. He was in decent form. He, he had a, a wrist injury just after that Marseille final, actually, which kind of kept him out for a lot of the rest of the season. It certainly curtailed his his progress towards the end of the season. But again, we're a little bit unlucky on that one because, as you said, I was at the tournament. I saw her cash watched him in his couple of his early matches uh he struggled he, he three sets against Raidi 
should have been beaten actually by Mikel Ema. Mikel Ema had chance to beat him. I think it was in a final set tiebreak, but which he led in something like five three, if I remember rightly. He should have put her cash away. Had he done so, you know, we might have got the the full the full twenty five to one on Bonzi, but wasn't the luck wasn't with us on that occasion, and uh, we had to settle for the each way. Yeah, Bonzi each way twenty five to one, but a nice five point seven five return on profit and number four in our list of top 10 winners in 2023. Now in the top three, and this was a bold one, Adrian Manorano, a Manorino to win in Astana, Kazakhstan back in September, nine to one. You went win only. This is the first one of the only tips this year that you didn't use the each way, but you went straight in win only and he won the tournament nine to one to give us a nine unit return on that event. Beat quarter in the final in three sets. Um, Manorino, nine to one. What made you go for the win only part of it? Just thought the price wasn't wasn't fabulous at sort of nine to one. Um, I, I didn't think the conditions were particularly great for Manorino, but he played. He I think he'd made the semis there the year before. He certainly got a good record there a couple of times that he played there previously. Um, indoor hard, it's always a he's always a tricky customer. Manorino ended up winning another tournament as well, didn't he? Um, towards the end of the season, I can't remember which one it was now, but you see, he certainly won another one um, later on. You know, it, it just looked like a great draw. I didn't think there was anybody in that bottom half of the draw, if I remember rightly, that Astana draw that was going to beat him. I, I looked at it and thought, who's going to beat Manorino unless he has a really bad day? So I kind of had him penciled in for the final and I looked at the top half of the draw. I thought, yeah, Corder, but in, you know, we've had the look we've had with Corder. It's not been great, has it? Um, I thought the, I thought the worst we're going to do is get, get, is get Corder in the final and then it was, you know, maybe 50-50 or whatever. But yeah, Manorino, um, a guy that I see, by the way, every single tournament I go to, the first player or person I ever see when I get to a tournament, Adrian Manorino. Don't they I said say? Hello to him. I said Sorry. hello to him in Marseille, completely not in um, Mallorca, completely blanked him. He wasn't, he wasn't having it, Manorino. But he's he's got me a lot of good winners over the years, actually. Don't they say that you should always bet when you go to horse racing? You should always bet the first jockey you see. Whenever you see a jockey at the horse race meeting, you should always bet the first jockey you see. So is that is that one of those? Yeah, that's, that's a lot, it's a lot sort of. If ever you get to the race meet and you see a jockey, you should always bet that jockey to win the next race or the race that he's running. And I wouldn't know what a lot of them look like. I could have walked past. Well, they're, five of them they're quite small, I... Sean. They're quite small. They wear funny suits <laughs> with high boots and they've got a whip in there. I know you knock them out. In I some thought you meant bars, maybe in the but... car park or somewhere, and they were just there. Well, listen, I don't yet. know what you do in car parks with jockeys <laughs> with whips in their hands, but listen, when you go to the race course, you should be looking at the jockey. But yeah, that's what they say. But look, the, the Manorina, first tennis player, you should see, you should back him to win the tournament. That's a little bit of an yeah, I mean, it, it, we we <laughs> yeah, did it, Manorino. You know, it's all good. He's one of my favourite players, actually, Manorino. I, I quite like his style. Um, I enjoy backing him. I enjoy watching him, and I see him everywhere I go. And he, we did it for us in Astana. Now we are joint leaders. The top two uh, are exactly the same return. The term was twenty four point seven five. Now there is no better feeling than betting a tennis tournament and betting a winner reading the draw, seeing him go through and seeing him win the tournament. It's always really good when you get them at big tournaments. And the two winners we had this year, the big winners we had, were both 33 to 1. And they were both at ATP Tour 1000 events, which makes it feel a little bit better. And when you bet one at the ATP Tour for 250, I suppose you might not think like that, but I suppose for me doing this show, I think if we can get a winner of Wimbledon and we get with the US Open, we're going to get more viewers and more 
more more people watching because it's a bigger profile. If if we get the winner of Marseille or the winner of Marrakesh, not many people might watch the show. So I like the idea that we we hit it good at the two ATB Tour one thousand events. And the two ATB Tour one thousand events where we hit the winners. The first one was in Monte Carlo in April, a tournament that I was at. Tournament I love being in attendance. And Andre Rublev won for us at thirty three to one, returning twenty four point seven five units of uh, profit. Now he played his part in an absolute epic final against Holger Rune. It wasn't easy for us. Uh, he comes through 7-5 in the final set. But uh, how are you feeling watching that one? Did you hedge? Did you did you did you um did you stick with it or how were you how were you how how were you feeling watching that match? Because it was a real, real end-to-end game. I can tell you exactly what I was doing during that match. I was sat on a rooftop bar in in Barcelona looking at the first round draw for Barcelona. For the show that so we you didn't really care so much about. later that day, I had it on obviously in the background, but I had to do um, a lot of research for the show as well. So that's why I remember where I was. It was a very nice setting, rooftop bar in a hotel in in um, in our hotel in uh, Barcelona. So I only had about half an eye on it. I was kind of watching and then going back to the tennis. So I, I didn't hundred percent go through a, a load of emotions on that one to be honest, because I was I was I had to do something else as well. But Rublev was involved in both of those winners wasn't he um we had, we we're had going a, to come on to the next one in a minute we so. had a lot, a lot we, we were lucky in the sense that we got the right result with rublev yeah. on both of those but if you look at some of the other things we had pretty much everything we did with sinner we got the wrong way around yeah. including yeah. last week when he when he we had him to win the tour finals lost to Djokovic, then beat him in the davis cup the week after we had that all season don't get me talking about that we had that all season with yannick sinner yeah. and and this one went our way with rublev winning the one that that he could have lost and losing the one that he could have won. So we got a little bit of fortune there. So we did get fortunate of Andre Rublev winning the tournament at Monte Carlo at 33 to 1. A great venue if you ever want to go to tennis. Stay to Nice, go up to Monte Carlo, a really, really nice venue. And it's always better to go to a venue when you bet the winner of the tournament. My luck was quite good at tournaments. I went, I bet Rublev at Monte Carlo and I was there. I bet Kvitova at 100 to 1 in Miami when I was oh, there. Yeah, Miami, yeah. Didn't go on this record. It was a WTA show. Didn't go on the record, but that was my biggest win of the year. Got a, got my account closed with a bookmaker in the UK because I had twenty pound each way at hundred one. That was me finished. Uh, yeah. But anyway, surprised anyway. to let you have that one in the first place. Uh, well, anyway, and my <laughs> final, the final one, it's a joint winner. And you said Rublev. Rublev was in action in the final in Shanghai. And talking about end to end matches, we never got. It wasn't. It wasn't easier for us to cash these two tickets. But we had Herbert no. Herkash, who got the job done eventually in Shanghai back in October, beating Rublev seven six in the most. Incredible tennis match. There was match points for either uh, either player, and Herkas managed to get the job done. Rublev couldn't win his second uh, ATP Tour 1000 event of 2023, and it was great for us. We called Rublev right in the tournament. We wanted to win, as Sean said, and we called him uh, and we opposed him in with Herkas. But Herkas got the job done in Shanghai at 33 to one. Did you watch that one? Did you hedge that one? That must have been a crazy match for you. I did watch that one. Yeah, I. I... Almost given that one up. I think if wasn't he five two down in the final set tiebreak, yeah. something like that. He was like winning. That. He was winning because I, all I can remember from that match is I was I was typing tweets out and then deleting the tweet and then typing <laughs> another tweet out. Unlucky with our bet and then delete the tweet. He's going to win. I, I think I must have changed the tweet about eight times. It was a bit up and down. I think he was down. I think he was something like five two or five three down and and he came back and won it. But both of those Rublev and her catch, they both had very foreseeable for me, routes to the final. They didn't have difficult routes to the final on paper. And and they both did what I expect. I mean, her catch, he didn't play great in the first two or three rounds. He, he got better. He does tend to get better and better as the tournament goes on. 
Um, but we we just we just went on the we just got a little bit fortunate there on the right side of it. Rublev uh, did us a big favour. Looking at these stats, he's he's our man of the season, isn't he, Andre Rublev? Winning Whoa. for us one you're, and losing for us one. That we you're saying that. I'm going to come on to the man of the season and the man to oppose the season. I've got the records here. I've got the official okay. records here. But that is the top 10. So let me just give you a rundown of the top 10. So that was there with Herbert Herkash and Andre have tied at number one, winning us 24.75 units of profit. So number 10, our biggest pick was Omne Kuma to win first set, Botic Man, the Sandship. And number uh, joint, that was ninth, joint nine with Fabio Fognini to win a set against Carlos Alcaraz. Then we had a Fidis Orge alias Sim to win 3-1 against Pospisil in Australian Open. Uh, Kokonakis to win the first set against Maxime Cressy at number seven. Anishioka to win in Zhuhai uh, at number six. Uh, that was joint fifth again with Thomas Martin Echeverry to win in Houston at 20 to one. Both of them were runner-ups, so each way a part of the bet cash. Benjamin Bonzi uh, to win in Marseille was number four at 25 to one. Again, finished runner-up, but we cashed 5.75 units. Number three, we were very bold. We went that Drim Manorino to win in Astana, win only, and he won in, in, in Astana. And then our joint biggest pick this season was uh, a half point each way on both Herbert Herkash and Andre Rublev to win in Shanghai and Monte Carlo back in October and April. And both of those players won the tournament to return us 24.75. And over 400 bets we've given on this show and a 40-unit profit, 14%. I think it was... 14% uh, ROI. So uh, a brilliant year, uh, a, a brilliant uh, load of coverage. And thank you for everyone for enjoying the shows. And thank you for your comments, kind comments and negative comments. And if you have a loser, you, you're going to, you're going to make a note, but so you hopefully you've learned a bit about tennis this season. And hopefully we can bring more education and more winners as we go on in 2024. Now a bit of fun for you, Sean. I've got hey. uh, a couple of questions for you. Number one, the question I want to ask you is which player, did we bet more than any other player in 2023 last year on this show? So the player that we featured most, the player that we... On match bet bets or... Any bet. The, the player that we bet more than any other player. And it, we bet him nine times last season. <laughs> You're going to tell me I got it wrong about... We won times. on him. No, we oh, won right. on him, but we didn't win. We didn't win. We, we lost on him on... We bet him a few times on futures, but we won on him in the match bets. But who was that player? Nine times we bet him last year. Seems a lot. He um, won for us in one of these top 10. Oh, he's on this list, is he? He's on that list. He won for us. Uh, and it's could be, Omni, it could be, it's not Omni Kuma. It could be Manorino. I, I tend to bet him quite often. Is that your guess? Well, now you're you making me uncertain now. Manorino or Hercash, I'd probably say, are the two probably that I would. Hercash, we bet seven times last year. Hmm. Normally for a first set tiebreak or something of that. Felix Orge Aliasim. We bet him nine times last year. I must have bet him to lose numerous times. I think we bet him a lot. A a lot of times we bet him was in to win the overs in the first set. Yeah, it's because he wasn't. He wasn't. He was holding a reasonable amount, but he was doing nothing on return. Um, Sometimes it's obvious when you've got like the caresses and that, but sometimes it's not so obvious. I think we went through a little spell of of backing, backing. Brandon Nakashima as well, because he ended up playing a, a ton of tiebreaks and that went a little bit under the radar. Mm. Look, he soon catch on. But yeah, yeah, thinking about it, I suppose I did back him a few times on the old yeah. set one over. Probably won a few times it. as well. But you know, I had to find it because I had to spell check him on the spreadsheet and it, it, we had about six different spellings for him. So I, 
It's a fun to be That's not me. That's... No, no, so yeah, I just Felix was a good thing. Anyway, so uh, Felix Ojeda was our most popular player that we bet. We actually did make money on him. We didn't make any at all when on the tournament picks we had, and we had a few times early season, but uh, we made money on his matches. Who was the player that made us most profit last year? You including outrights or just match bet? Yeah, uh, outrights as well. You can you can include outrights. I'd we probably bet. go with her cash then. Her cash. We made twenty six point seven eight of the forty units that we won last year on Herbert. Her we could agree with Herbert. Her cash now, not her cash. Hubert. I keep well, I, Herbert. I, I, my, my granddad was called Herbert, so I'm, I'm going to call him Herbert. But he's not playing tennis, is he? And he did. He was good. Uh, <laughs> Herbert Hercash. Uh, he made he, us <laughs> more money than any other player. Twenty six point seven eight units on Hercash. Who was our most profitable profitable player on match bets? Now we bet this player this if you get this, I'll be I'll be staggered. We bet him five times and he was all decent, always quite decent money around evens or bigger. And he won for us on four occasions. And he was the most profitable on match bets for us. And he's not on this list. He's not on that list. Well, I could, I'd be I shocked if you get this. You'd have to give me some sort of a clue. French, French. Um I think he's French. <laughs> he probably is. I think he's French. I think he's French. Uh, I don't know. You're going to have to tell me. I don't know. Beret. Oh, yeah. Gregoire Beret. Yeah, that's Great. that's a horses for courses thing. He, he tends to play pretty much his best stuff. Well, always his best stuff on quick, you know, quick surfaces or quick conditions and not so good on slow conditions. So if you can get a bit of a disparity on the prices with Beret, then um, generally speaking, you can do all right. Gregoire Beret, the most profitable yeah, I wouldn't player for us on the show. Oh, no, I didn't think of it. Now, you might guess this one. Which player cost us more money than any other player on 2023? And I think you You know what? I that. think I've got an inkling here. Is it? <laughs> is he also French by any chance? No, he's not. No, he's not French. He's not. I was going to go with Hugo on Bear because I get no. him wrong regularly all most uh, of the times we we've lost money on this guy we bet him six times five times he lost them i think he won once at a very short price but we lost more money than him because he was quite popular and the majority of the times we bet him we bet him on the outright market oh it's outright it's okay uh where's he where's he from america tfo Sebastian Corda. Oh, Corda. Yeah, yeah, cost us more. He is on the naughty list. Yeah, uh, I forgot about Corda. Yeah, obviously, Corda. I should have got that. So Sebastian Corda cost us more money than anywhere. Felix Orgiad has seen the most popular. Her cash out most profitable. And Gregoire Barrer made us more money on matches in 2023. Sean, my friend, I know you're going to have a break with the family now. It's been an absolute pleasure over the last... 11 months or so working with you. A uh, lot you more to much. do next year. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for watching us. Um, <laughs> look forward to the brilliant content that's going to come your way on the tennis season. And we'll be back, you know, what, in five weeks from now, I think, uh, the, the tennis season starts. So enjoy your break with your family, Sean. I know it's been a, a real tough year for you. Been, you. You know, a lot, lot of work. And I know you, got, you enjoy your off time with your your, your wife and your, and your son. So uh, have a great time. And thank you, everybody, for, for watching us here. And hopefully next year when we do the the list, we get some more bigger price winners and we show a little bit more profit than the 40 years. Not too much pressure on you, Sean, but uh, we always want to be better ourselves. But thanks everyone for watching. And that has been our top 10 tennis bets for game bet match in 2023. Take care.